What's up everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Da Vinci Cases. Alright, so the way this works is we've got a clinical case followed by a board style question. So we're going to go through the question stem, point out the relevant clinical findings, take a look at the question and the answer choices, and then kind of divert for a minute and go through the relevant concepts to answering the question. Then we'll come back and apply those concepts that we went over to answering the question. So for this case, we have a 77-year-old woman presenting to the ED with difficulty swallowing due to tongue swelling that began spontaneously five hours ago for the first time. So this has been t taking place over a few hours. She's never experienced this before. She denies fever, rhinorrhea, itching, rash, and difficulty breathing. So with this patient, as you, you've got tongue swelling, this could be edema or what's called angioedema. And a number of things can cause this. The first thing you obviously would think about is an allergic reaction. The other thing you could think about is an infection. or an adverse event to a medication. And so in this case, she's denying fever, she's denying a running nose or sinus congestion, which would be kind of signs of potentially allergies. Fever would be often also a sign of infection, so we're not seeing that. Itching and rash would definitely be seen with an allergic reaction. The other thing with an allergic reaction that you would definitely be worried about is airway compromise, so constriction of the airway but she's not complaining of any difficulty breathing. Um, that's also significant because you could also just have swelling of the tongue that could obstruct the airway physically. And thankfully for her, in her case, that's not what's going on. She did not ingest any new type of food. So it's not like she ate a food that she hasn't eaten before that maybe she has some unknown allergy to. And then she has no history of allergies either. So it seems unlikely that this is an allergic reaction based on both uh, the symptoms and then also her history of no allergies. She has a past medical history notable for congestive heart failure, hypertension, hyperlipidemia, and then diabetes. Her medications are hydrochlorothiazide and lisinopril, which are probably taken for her heart failure and her hypertension, atorvastatin, which is probably taken for her hyperlipidemia, and then metformin for diabetes. So her vitals in the emergency department are 37 degrees Celsius, so she's afebrile, so she, even clinically she doesn't have a fever, so again that decreases our thought of maybe being an infection. She's not tachycardic, so her heart rate's within a reasonable range. She is a little bit hypertensive here, but she has a history of hypertension, history of heart failure, so that's probably not too surprising. Respiration, a little bit on the higher end of normal, but nothing crazy. And then her O2 saturation is 98%. So she's got good O2 saturation. You know, in the emergency department, you got to remember ABC, airway, breathing, and circulation. So big thing here, especially like I was saying, with a swollen tongue, you would not want to have airway obstruction and then decreased breathing, which would lead to decreased O2 saturation, and you just don't see that. So luckily for her, she doesn't have, at least for right now, airway compromise, and then she's hemodynamically stable as well. Physical exam was only remarkable for a soft, non-tender enlargement of the tongue, and then complete blood count, CBC, complete metabolic panel, revealed no metabolic or hematologic abnormalities. So she doesn't have any crazy electrolyte abnormalities, and she also doesn't have an elevated white count, which is something you would take away from normal CBC, again, decreasing our thought that maybe this is an infection. So if it's less likely that it's a, an allergic reaction, it's less likely that it's an infection, let's consider her medications here. So hydrochlorothiazide, this is a diuretic, it's a water pill, it helps relieve the congestion of heart failure, it also helps with hypertension. 
However, angioedema is not really a widely known side effect of hydrochlorothiazide. She's been taking this uh, presumably for a significant period of time, and she has no history of allergies to it. Lisinopril, though, is an ACE inhibitor, and ACE inhibitors can definitely cause angioedema. So it could be a cause of this as well. Atorvastatin, not really a known side effect of atorvastatin. Same thing with metformin. So lisinopril, as an ACE inhibitor, can definitely seem to be our culprit here. And so if we look at the question, which of the following is the most likely responsible for this patient's condition, it's probably asking you essentially what, how physiologically does an ACE inhibitor cause angioedema. So to explain that, we have to include a few organs here. So the lungs, and then you have the liver here, kidney, the adrenal gland, and then the arteries, so the systemic circulation. And so the kidney, in response to low effective circulating volume, is going to release a molecule known as renin. And then renin acts on a molecule produced by the liver known as angiotensinogen. And renin catalyzes the conversion of angiotensinogen to angiotensin 1. Then angiotensin 1 is converted by an enzyme called angiotensin-converting enzyme, which is ACE, which is found in high concentrations in the pulmonary vasculature, and this is where an ACE inhibitor acts, this converts angiotensin 1 into angiotensin 2. We'll abbreviate that ANG2. ANG2 is a potent vasoconstrictor. And so it's going to cause increased blood pressure. The other thing angiotensin 2 does is it acts on the adrenal gland and it stimulates the release of a steroid hormone known as aldosterone. And then aldosterone is going to come down to the kidney here and is going to increase sodium reabsorption because the thought there is, remember, where sodium goes, water follows. So again, trying to reestablish effective circulating volume. And then as a byproduct of that, it actually increases potassium secretion. Now, the other thing that ACE does is that over here, we have a molecule known as kininogen, and this gets converted into a molecule known as bradykinin. Now, bradykinin is a potent stimulator of inflammation and vasodilation, and as a result of that, can really cause significant angioedema. Now, normally, bradykinin is converted into inactive peptides to help prevent that. so that you don't have an excessive amount of bradykinin. And ACE actually stimulates that breakdown of bradykinin. Now the problem is when you give ACE inhibitors, you're inhibiting this, so certainly you're decreasing angiotensin II, you're decreasing vasoconstriction of the systemic arteries, you're decreasing release of aldosterone, but also as a byproduct of that, you're gonna decrease the breakdown of bradykinin and thus have increased levels of bradykinin and thus increased risk of developing angioedema. So that's how patients with lisinopril or any other ACE inhibitor can develop angioedema as a side effect because they have increased levels of bradykinin, which again is a potent stimulant of inflammation and vasodilation. So if we come back to the answer choices here, which of the following is most likely responsible for this patient's condition? 
Hyperkalemia is certainly an adverse effect of lisinopril or an ACE inhibitor because if you recall, by decreasing aldosterone, you decrease potassium secretion. That can lead to hyperkalemia. So it's not wrong to say that's an adverse effect of lisinopril, but it's not the cause of angioedema. Increased bradykinin, that's our answer. It's a byproduct of ACE inhibition, and that can cause angioedema. And then versus an allergic reaction, bradykinin-driven angioedema is slower onset, so over a course of hours versus an immediate reaction, absence of itching or rash, and then lack of allergies. So it's not driven by an allergen. Versus histamine release is, in is typically in response to allergens, faster onset and it's often associated with itching or rash and then often uh, airway compromise as well constriction of the airways and then lastly here decreased GFR glomerular filtration rate which is an indicator of kidney function this also is an adverse effect of lisinopril because if you have the glomerulus like this we'll draw a very simple diagram so this is the gl glomerulus here this is the afferent arterial this is the efferent arterial so blood flows from the afferent into the glomerulus where filtration happens and then you have blood flowing from the glomerulus into the efferent arterial so normally angiotensin 2 will cause vasoconstriction of the efferent arterial which will then increase resistance to flow through the glomerulus which will actually increase GFR increase pressure to drive filtration however if you have decreased angiotensin II, you don't have that vasoconstriction of the efferent arterial, thus reducing the pressure and resistance to flow through the glomerulus, as a result, decreases GFR. So it's, again, correct to say that decreased GFR is an adverse effect of lisinopril or ACE inhibitors, but again, it is not the cause of angioedema. So our answer is that this is a patient taking lisinopril who developed tongue angioedema as a result of increased bradykinin from taking an ACE inhibitor. All right, that's all I have for you this week. Make sure you check back every Wednesday for new Da Vinci cases. And then to see the corresponding video for this audio, check out our website at dviacademy.com, where you can also find PDF notes for this audio as well. Also on our site, you can find our book and video packages for anatomy and biochemistry. You can also follow us on Instagram for weekly posts and video. And then lastly, if you have any questions about the content of this video or about Da Vinci Academy, put them in the comments and our team will be sure to answer them. All right, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week.